Welcome to Grad School Life by PhD Balance, where we speak to graduate students about the behind the scenes day-to-day -day life in their programs. I'm your host, Courtney Applewhite. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I'm a PhD candidate in the Department of Religious Studies at the University of California, Santa Barbara, studying death. Please don't forget to like and subscribe on your chosen platform to get notifications about new episodes. And if you've been enjoying the show, leave us a five-star review. It helps potential and current grad students hear about us and learn more about the day in our lives. Today, I'm joined by Lauren Neal. Lauren is a third year PhD student in bioscience at the Rockefeller University in New York City. Her thesis work focuses on how female mosquitoes alter their host seeking and blood feeding behaviors, depending on if they are essentially pregnant or not. Additionally, she's interested in the public health impact of research on disease vectors like mosquitoes, as well as the diversification of STEM students and faculty. She received her bachelor's of science in 2020 from Agnes Scott College, a small historically women's college in Atlanta, Georgia. Outside of the lab, she does freelance writing, bird watching, and loves to explore the New York City art scene. Welcome to Grad School Life, Lauren. Thank you. Super excited to be here. I want to start by asking if I ask everybody who says they're bird watcher this if you've ever played the board game wingspan. I have not the bird watching is very new so I have to, I have to retroactively get into the bird. Uh, the bird culture, the bird, the bird, the birders like the bird groups. Yes. <laughs> Uh, my husband just got this uh, board game called Wingspan, and it's a very like aesthetically pleasing game that's all about building a bird bird habitat, like a successful bird habitat. And each of the cards has a bird on it, and it has like bird facts and like where they're from and sort of all this stuff. It's very fun. So that's that sounds super cool and very up my alley in terms of board games. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, it, it it is it's great. So would recommend. So you can put that on put that on your future list. Absolutely. But so what is something that you do on your uh, on a, like a daily basis that gives your PhD life balance? Ooh, on a daily basis, something that gives my PhD life balance is honestly calling my friends and family. Mm. Um, it's been something that I was recommended to do in order to kind of, you know, check back into reality after a long day in the lab and remember that on top of being a grad student, you know, you're a person at the end of the day and you have these relationships to maintain. So I try to be really intentional by staying in contact with people that I care about almost on a daily basis. When I'm done in the lab, I'll text a friend and be like, hey, do you want to chat tonight? Or I'll, I'll just randomly call my mom um, and be like, I, we need to chat now. <laughs> um, just making sure I'm staying in contact with a lot of the people that have kind of been around and supported me throughout this journey so far and beforehand. Yeah, no, I think that's great. I, I talk to my mom a lot too. I call her a lot. Are you near your family or did you move away for grad school? I moved away for grad school. Um, I was born in Chicago and was raised just outside of Chicago. And so most of my family's in the, you know, the Chicagoland area. And now I'm a grad student in New York City. Um, I had some family here at some point, but uh, you know, they were a lot older um, and are not here anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, you know, it can get kind of lonely out here, but that's another reason why I try to make sure I'm calling home as uh, often as I can, or at least staying in contact with people. And I went to college in Georgia. So a lot of my friends are kind of spread out down there as well. So I'm kind of, it was kind of a wild card move to uh, come all the way out to New York City, but I really love it here. Yeah, no, I, I, I bet it's, uh, I, I bet it's really fun to, to live there, despite 
being away from some from 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 some of your support network but i think that's a reality that a lot of graduate students face is that we kind of forget that when we choose to go to grad school we're making like a big life change that might separate us from people that have have been part of our support networks right for sure i um it was weird when i was applying for grad school i knew i wanted to come to new york i'd interned in new york for uh, during my undergrad years at columbia doing research I knew I wanted to move out here long term. I was like, this is the only way I can do it because they're going to pay me the whole time. Um, <laughs> and so I mostly applied to schools in New York. I kind of knew that I, I would be out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, spending a summer away from family and close friends is different than moving your entire life away from them for the long term. So it was definitely some adjustment that I feel like I was half prepared for and then half had to experience in the moment. Yeah. yeah. Well, when when you were applying to grad school, so you focused your uh, efforts in, to, in New York, but what made you decide to apply in the first place and what did you think it would be like? Yeah, so I started off college, um, like many scientists uh, or biolog- you know, students in the life sciences, started off uh, anticipating that I'd be going to medical school. Um, I grew up always liking science and loved using my hands to do things. I loved anatomy class. I loved doing the dissections. So I was like, oh, naturally, you know, I'll just, I'll just be a medical doctor. I'll be a surgeon or something. Um, And then I realized that a lot of students who apply to med school start doing research um, during undergrad. So I started with doing that. And that's when I kind of realized that I was more into what would be the PhD route um, rather than the MD route. Um, I had a lot of fun, you know, being able to creatively think, um, and it wasn't so uh, much on like memorizing things and being able to take tests, which uh, just wasn't my thing. Um, Mm -hmm. So in doing the research in undergrad, I decided that I wanted to do, I wanted to do the PhD. I wanted to kind of focus my efforts on doing bench work in the laboratory and studying an exciting scientific question that I get to kind of come up with. Um, and really kind of test the way that I think. So that's kind of why I applied to grad school. Yeah. And so when you were envisioning what that experience would be like, what did you sort of think grad school would be like? I guess you had some research experience in undergrad, so maybe you had a, had a little bit of an insight. Yeah, I would say the clearest view of what grad school would be like Um, In particular, the types of people that were were in graduate programs um, came from my internships that I would do during the summer. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was a place where I was kind of dropped into uh, a laboratory environment that's made up of so many different people at different levels. So you have your grad students, you have your postdocs, you have your PIs, the people who are running the lab, right? Um, And so that was kind of my first chance getting to know what grad school was like. Um, I was paired with a grad student uh, for one of these summers. And so, uh, you know, through her, I kind of got a taste of uh, how grad school was. Unfortunately, the taste was not a good taste. Um, And really, I had to do a lot of soul searching to figure out if it was something I wanted to do. Um, But then I was able to talk with some other people um, that I had met just kind of throughout the journey that were in grad programs elsewhere uh, and learned a lot about um, you know, the intellectual freedom that a grad student uh, hopefully can have in the most ideal situations. Or um, a lot of people told me 
talking about all of the free time they actually just had to themselves, which was really surprising. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of used those, uh, all these different interactions, the good and the bad to kind of formulate my view of graduate school. And now that I'm in the program um, or in a program, I, uh, I think it's a mixture of all these things. There's a lot of, you know, good and a lot of bad. I think it, that's just how this process works. Yeah, I think that's totally right. And I think that your, your um, approach was smart because everyone has a different perspective on grad school and everyone sort of has different moments of like highs and lows in grad school that are gonna come through and how they describe it, right? So you right. can have be having a bad period in grad school and be like, grad school is the worst thing I've ever done, don't do it. And then you have your, your positive moments where you're like, grad school is amazing. Like, you know, it offers all these things. So I think talking to a lot of people is actually a really smart way to do it because that way you can actually, you know, like you did form your own total opinion of the process right yeah someone actually described uh, described kind of this idea in a really nice analogy um the other day um and it's been kind of playing back and forth in my mind um it's like you're at a beach and you kind of stick your hand in the sand and you pick up a handful of the sand the sand is going to fall through, but you may see some rocks and some shells that are going to be left over. And those are the things, those, that's the nugget of knowledge that you should hold on to. You're going to have all of this sand, but it's going to go, some of it's probably all crap and it's just going to flow away into the wind. But then you have these nuggets of knowledge that really do come and help you at different points. Um, I know there's things I remember hearing during my first research experience when I was a first year in college that are now relevant. I didn't think of them as relevant then, but then they became relevant. Um, so I think it's all about context and time in which advice can be helpful. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a great point. And I, again, I, I think that that, I think that that's a really strong analogy and it, it keeps things in perspective as well, because it, you know, yeah, like you say, like you're going to get a lot of different pieces of information and just knowing that, you know, I can hold on to this until later as needed, basically. Right. Okay, well, what does a day-to-day -day for you actually look like at this point in your program? Sure, so um, yes, I'm a third year now and a third year who has passed the qualifying exams. So I'm in full building Ooh, a thesis mode right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I did, it, I, I did my proposal in December, so I'm still kind of gearing up, um, mm -hmm. I guess. But I usually start my day off um, I get up nice and early, watch some TV with my cat, and then I head to lab, straight to the coffee machine, have a couple shots of espresso. Um, and during that time, I usually like to sit and kind of write down my agenda for the day. Um, the big things that it's like, okay, I definitely have to do these things. And also things it's like, oh, if you have time, you can go ahead and do this too, um, just so it's on your mind. Because uh, I find myself forgetting things a lot. Um, or when I have free time, I'm like, okay, I'll just sit here when I, well, there's something I could do. Um, and so usually I do, I check on my mosquitoes. We hatch them in the lab from egg form. It's kind of a magical process in my mind. We kind of have these little uh, filter papers that are covered with these little black dots, which are mosquito eggs that have been laid. We put them in water and then over the course of a week, they hatch and become larvae. And then the larvae become pupae. And then eventually they sprout their wings and then they're mosquitoes as we know them. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm usually uh, growing some mosquitoes at any given point in time. So I go and check on those. And then I do the rest of my experiments for the day. 
right now it's a lot of uh, brain dissections. I do a lot of mosquito brain dissections um, uh, and I use them for a variety of purposes. One, I'm sequencing all of their genetic material um, uh, to see kind of which genes are expressed at different time points, depending on if they've taken a blood meal or if they're just kind of chilling and have not had any blood. Um, and then I also take these brains and sometimes stain them for certain genes that are interesting just to see where it is that the gene is coming from. Um, because if something's expressed in the brain, it may be coming from some cells in the brain and not others. And so a lot of my project is figuring out uh, where some of these signals may be coming from. Uh, so I do a lot of uh, work with microscopes too. I, when I was designing a thesis, I knew I wanted something that involved me having to sit at a microscope to take very pretty pictures of things. Um, and so I do a lot of, with these staining, I make you know these genes fluoresce in many beautiful colors and get to take really nice pictures of them. Um, so I do a lot of that. I also study the ovaries um, uh, just on the reproduction side of how mosquitoes go and hunt. Um, so I do the same thing, a lot of dissections on ovaries, and then I stain them and take pretty pictures. Um, and then, you know, obviously there's lunch breaks here and there and coffee and tea time with you know, a lot of people in my lab. Yeah. Uh, I have a lot of really great times with the people in my lab. I find that everyone's very friendly. We're a really strong community, very inclusive and very diverse, um, especially for uh, the program that I'm in, which is not really like that. Uh, so my lab is really a safe haven. And so on top of being really intellectually helpful, um, they're also really great people to just get lunch with and have coffee with. And uh, sometimes we have fun events like paint and sips that we do in the lab and things like that. So um, mostly, you know, the day stays the same, going in, checking in mosquitoes and doing my, uh, doing whatever's on my agenda. But then also some of the fun things kind of sneak in there as well. Yeah, to, and those things are so important. It's wonderful that you have a community that you can rely on because that's so valuable in grad school. Right, yeah. I um, Like I was saying with me making sure I call in my support people, basically, um, I found that trying to find community in grad school has been absolutely crucial. Um, it's really, it makes the difference to have people who can get angry with you when things are frustrating and the people who will help support you when you're frustrated. If you don't believe in yourself, there will be people who do. Yeah. Um, and it's really nice to have those people around to rely on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so when do you tend to wrap up at the end of the day? How, how long are your days? Uh, it depends. I am a firm believer that I would rather work really efficiently and leave early and not spend extra time in the lab um, just so I can have time to do other things I like to do in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, sometimes, I mean, I would like to leave five and earlier, uh, that's preferable. Um, there are some days where things just take a while and sometimes I take a longer lunch, so I have to stay a little longer. And then some days I can get everything, all my big things on my list done really fast. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to go take a walk instead and just kind of go enjoy the rest of the day, especially if the weather's nice. I work my fastest when the weather is nice so I can go outside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I have to ask this question because you work in a lab that works with mosquitoes. Did the mosquitoes ever escape and do you get bitten by your mosquitoes? Yeah. So <laughs> we try uh, to take, 
I say we try. We very successfully take extreme measures to make sure mosquitoes don't really escape escape. Yeah. <laughs> um, so a lot of the rooms where we handle them are there's a double door. There's mm. uh, or there's like two sets of doors that, that that mosquitoes have to pass through and there's like wind blowing down. It's like a whole thing. Sometimes the strong ones survive and they'll make it out into the lab space. We try to kill them on site um, with a simple clap in the air. Yeah. Um, sometimes they'll feed on something and you'll clap it and there's like blood on your hands, which is pretty gross. Um, but we try to make sure they don't get out. Um, we don't work with any mosquitoes that have any of you know the big the big ticket uh, yeah. diseases like malaria, right. all of those. We don't work with those. Um, so we're only really working with um, wild type mosquitoes um, that are, I don't know how to describe them other than clean and um, whatever our genetically modified ones are. Um, those are the only ones we really uh, work with. I will say uh, the biting situation where many people are at risk for biting because even when you're in these rooms, um, you know, mosquitoes can get out of their cages slightly. Um, yeah. Sometimes the way we, um, when we are growing them, they can get to a certain point where they'll actually start hatching wings when they're in these water pans instead of the cages. And then they'll just kind of crawl out of the pans because oh. they're semi-aquatic. Once they get wings though, they are like gone. Yeah. Um, so they'll escape that way. Um, and then you can sometimes, sometimes you'll be bit by, uh, by them in that way. I, I think right now I have one mosquito bite. Um, I don't, I'm personally, I don't think they like me very much. Oh, um, what a blessing. Nice. It's very <laughs> nice. So I have one on my ankle and it's really bad uh, because mm -hmm. I don't get bites a lot. So it's really uncomfortable and very annoying. But um, other than that, there are some people, I think we had an index in the lab of like most attractive people to least attractive people um, based on scent alone. Yeah. And I'm assuming I'd be on the really low end. Um, it was before I came into the lab. So I don't get a lot of bites, but I know some people who I'll just see them scratching their ankles all day. It's pretty bad. Yeah, man. Yeah. Talk about the perils of science. Really? Right. This is the Blood, risk we take. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, you know, so in an ideal day, you're kind of up early and you're in lab and then you're you're done around five and you go home and do your recharge activities, whatever it is that you'd like to do. Do you have days that just really don't look like that, that are outside of the norm, but maybe, you know, not your standard day? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm kind of involved on campus in a number of organizations. Um, and so Sometimes the days get really long with mm -hmm. club meetings, um, planning for events, um, doing this, that, or the third for other people, answering emails. I also um, tutor kind of like on the side. Um, yeah. I work with uh, students in Jamaica that are trying to apply to graduate programs in the United States and the UK. So sometimes my days are a lot longer because I'll be working with those students. Um, and then also sometimes science just doesn't go the way you think it is, uh, you think it will, and experiments fail. Uh, and my PI kind of caught me when I was reacting to a failed experiment or I was really frustrated. And she was like, you know, you should just go home. And I was like, what do you mean? It's 11 a.m. She was like, but like, this isn't doing you, this isn't doing you any good to be here. Um, when you're frustrated like this, go home, think about it and come back tomorrow and try again. And so I've always tried to keep that mentality. So a lot of times when things don't go that way, I kind of don't go, you know, the typical going in early and leaving at 
uh, the time I'd like to, I've kind of just had to learn to be adaptable and be okay with um, with that change, I guess, and not sticking sticking to such a strange or stringent uh, schedule just because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, I think adaptability is one of the key factors that makes for a successful graduate student because, like you say, stuff comes up, and as much as we all love it to go to plan every single time, it just doesn't. <laughs> right. And there's very little, or in some situations, very little we can do about that. Um, mm. So I've just been trying to kind of learn to be okay with that. I'm kind of type A, so it's a little hard to, you know, relinquish people, but <laughs> you, know, you, you kind of learn that science does what science does. That's right. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, uh, like I said, you gotta be adaptable and you gotta roll with the punches sometimes. Right, exactly. Well, what do you want to do next after grad school? Yeah, I've been kind of playing around with a lot of different ideas recently. Um, like my bio mentioned, I've been getting into freelance writing. Mm -hmm. um, I've been really enjoying kind of writing about my story or about how kind of I see how. I see STEM and um, uh, diversity and inclusion efforts in STEM. Mm -hmm. um, I also am really interested in science journalism and potentially mass media. So not sure if I'll be staying in academia. I really appreciate and love the training I'm getting. And it's, it's kind of teaching me how to think in so many creative and different ways that I feel like are applicable in so many different spaces. Yeah. So I think I'm leaning a lot more towards science communication and making sure that we, in an effective way, can bridge that gap between science and society. Um, I think like the pandemic really taught me how little people trust science um, and scientists. And from then on, I've been really dedicated to try and figuring out how do we fix that? How do we make scientists more trustworthy? Is it, you know, accessibility to information? Is it how it, information is presented? Is it about who's presenting the information? Um, so all these things I've been kind of thinking about. And so I think science communication is the way I want to go. Yeah, and I think that that's a really important field. And I think, like you said, the pandemic really highlighted that in many ways because it's an, it's an element of trust, but it's also the ability to parse scientific information isn't something that everyone has access to, right? And so we need people that are able to bridge that divide. Right. And people who are, I think information needs to be adjusted in terms of like the communities that we're talking to. Um, so I think that there is this need for people who represent a lot of different communities to be able to like uh, pass these messages along. So people aren't confused and people aren't scared um, of the science, of the research, and can understand how the process works. Um, so that's that's kind of where I think things are going for me um, after the bench work and after the PhD. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a way of making the PhD work for you, right? So you aren't pigeonholed. You can do so many things with the skills that you're developing in your program, which I think is great. Right, exactly, exactly. I've been in, very excited to kind of have the time to be able to use the skills in the lab, but also find spaces to apply them outside of the lab. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's the perfect way to develop a PhD that, that is going to satisfy you in your life. So that's awesome. And so where can our listeners find you if they want to connect or learn more about your work? Yes. Okay. So on Twitter and Instagram, uh, I'm at Lauren Neal Nuro. So my first name, last name, Nuro. 
And I also make fun little TikToks. Some of them are scientific. I've been trying to make more kind of day in the life grad school ones. And so my TikTok is the Lola layer. I'm colloquially, uh, colloquially known as Lola. Um, so my TikTok is the Lola layer, but everything else is Lauren Neal Neuro. Excellent. Well, we'll link all that in the show notes so you can find Lauren and watch her amazing TikToks. I'm excited about that. I just got on TikTok and I might not recommend it for all grad students because it is, it is, is a lot on there. They really get you sometimes with that yeah. algorithm, right? I was going to say, say goodbye, say goodbye to many hours of your day. <laughs> Free time. No more time for Netflix because it's all just TikTok now. Even when the Netflix is like, it's like the TikTok drowns out all everything around you. It's amazing. I know. I know. It's, it's they really, they really knew what they were doing when they made this app. They, I mean, I'm, sh I'm like shook by how, <laughs> how much they knew what they were doing. I didn't really believe people, but like, I've been on TikTok for like a week and a half and it already knows who I am completely. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I've been so, it, it's scary how accurate things are. I feel like they're reading my mind sometimes. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's a dangerous place, but if you like random science videos and a collection of pretty aesthetically pleasing journeys around New York and now Iceland, you can go to my TikTok. Oh yeah, no, that's well worth it. That, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Stuff on there. <laughs> yeah, totally. You just got to find, you got to find the, the right voices. There can be, you can spiral in TikTok as well. So keep it, keep it on Lauren's aesthetically pleasing videos and if you're journeying into TikTok. <laughs> yeah, safely. This is this we can do this safely. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Well thanks to everyone for joining us. Thank you, Lauren, for being here. Um, this has been Grad School Life by PhD Balance. Episodes of Grad School Life are posted on Thursdays and grad chat episodes are posted Saturdays on wherever you find your podcasts and on our YouTube channel. For more information about Grad School Life by PhD Balance, you can check out our website, phdbalance.com or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at phd underscore balance. You can find me at cfwhitex on Twitter and Instagram. If you would like to be a guest on Grad, grad School Life, check out our link tree on all of our social media platforms. We're scheduling people now, so please sign up. Um, until next time, bye y'all and take care of yourselves.